Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Natalia Nutting helps you tell powerful stories so that when you speak on stages, podcasts, or videos, you captivate your audience and sign new clients. Natalia used to be silent, introverted, and terribly insecure. When it came to speaking, she felt worthless that she would never make in this world until she discovered the art of storytelling. Through drama, embodied emotions, and action-based storytelling, she found the confidence to speak and the power to connect and captivate her audience. Now she wants to pass on these secret skills to you. With three decades of experience as an actress, TV host, storytelling coach, and entrepreneur, she's empowered hundreds of experts, coaches, and speakers to find their voices, tell powerful stories, and captivates their audience. The title of this episode is Unstoppable Storytelling. Please join me in welcoming Natalia Nutting to Embers and Wind. Welcome, Natalia. Hello, Keith. It's a pleasure to be here. What an introduction. <laughs> Tell us more about what led you to become the owner and founder of Unstoppable Storytelling and how teaching this art ignites your passion. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I feel honored to, to be sharing my passion in storytelling, especially for those who want to be powerful leaders in their place, either in the workplace or in relationships, in life. And it has been the quest of my life to uh, discover what makes a powerful leader. If I can track back my story, it comes from when I was little. Uh, some people uh, say that they had childhood trauma, but for me, it was classroom, classroom trauma. It has to do with the leadership of teachers. Back when I was eight years old, I was in this classroom. It was a fourth grade classroom and it was a language classroom. All the talking was done by the teacher. Of course, it's a language classroom. The talking is done by the teacher. Right. So I was sitting, right? Yes. <laughs> I was sitting on the second row next to the wall. The desk was light yellow. I hear the teacher. She's right there in front of me. And she said, quickly, quickly copy because I'm going to erase the board. And I'm like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. So I raised my hand to ask a question. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember, Keith, the look in her face. She turned and looked at me and she says, I've already explained this. How come you don't get it? No. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It made you feel pretty small, I bet. Exactly. Pretty small. So I put my hand down, feeling extremely small. Mm-hmm. And I I look at the left and I see all eyes on me. The whole classroom is looking at me and I'm feeling extremely small. I want the earth to suck me. I'm red, purple, and I I feel how come I don't get it? And that sentence was engraved in my mind up until today. How come I don't get it? Mm-hmm. And I felt so stupid for asking a question. I felt that uh, I would never ask a question again. Now I'm not going to speak. At the same time, there was a fire inside me. <laughs> yes. And I looked at the teacher. <clears throat> And I couldn't say it with words because I didn't have the words yet or the courage to speak. But there was this fire and I looked at the teacher and I said in my mind's words, one day I'll show you there's another way to teach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I felt like that so powerful in my imagination, Uh, like superwoman with with, with, with the chest and the power. And I can picture you as you can picture that in a woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. But it was not on the surface. It was inside in my imagination. And I had no idea what was the other way to teach. Because Mm -hmm. I had the example of my mom. My mom was a teacher. And I didn't want to become a teacher. So much work. So much work. So many instructions they have to give. And 20 years later, Keith, I am sitting on a fourth grade classroom. Oh, wow. I'm on the second desk next to a wall. Uh And the one in front of me, it's not the teacher, is my student. He is telling stories and he has all of the classroom captivated. Wow. Leading the classroom. He's speaking, he's owning his voice. And I thought, oh my gosh. This is the other way to teach. Yes. Through story. Through story, Keith. You know why he was ignited and he was the most silent kid in the classroom. He was Mm -hmm. the misfit. It was because I started the lesson with a story. It was because I was vulnerable first. Mm -hmm. And the story led him, showed him the way without me telling him what to do, the story led him and he felt that ignition and he stood up and spoke. That's powerful. (laughs) Being a leader at that moment, influenced the classroom. Exactly. And so I felt this is the way to teach. This is the way to lead, lead with a story, start with a story what creates classroom trauma what creates any trauma in any organization when you're trying to lead people is when you tell them what to do when you have so much control over others 
that then they don't have the freedom to stand up and do what they are meant to do. Yes. When you lead them by example, with when you lead them with vulnerability, by you being the one that you know opens up and the story, the story it makes you vulnerable because you're in this empty space. You're sharing a story, and you you sometimes you don't know how you're going to feel while sharing the story. So it mm -hmm. you're being vulnerable. Yes, people feel it, and uh, then they're going to feel invited to do the same. This is the most powerful influence tool. But there mm -hmm. is a way to tell a story to create that influence. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I see a lot of people struggling to tell a story because they get caught up in the overview, like in the whole life story of the, you know, the whole journey of their life. And that is not a story. That is a autobiography. And, you know, people might not want to listen to that. It's boring. <laughs> it's boring. It's like, okay, get to the point. What creates a great storyteller is there are certain secrets. Mm -hmm. One, less is best. Two, start with a setting. Start with time and place. It has to be a scene. Mm -hmm. Three, tell me what happened. Action. I want action. What happened? And then what happened? Your audience needs to be engaged in that way. Mm -hmm. A story is just a scene that has a setting. Uh, which is time and place mm -hmm. and then things that happened oh this happened that happened and then what do you think is the other element that makes a story Keith you've got to have some kind of conclusion some kind of message lesson you teach in your story yeah of course and where did that where would that message or lesson come from in the story probably towards the end of the story yeah it could be but for example if i just tell you a scene with things that happen and then that's it for example let me give you an example okay um, okay so uh we've all heard of little red riding hood right yes okay so you got the mom and the little girl right so mom says little red riding hood here's the basket with the biscuits and milk take them to grandma but stay on the path do not deviate from the path yes mom you tell me this all the time i'm going to stay on the path okay so little red riding hood mm -hmm. went on the path and got to grandma's house and removed the basket with biscuits and milk end of the story is that a story? That is a story. Are you sure? <laughs> well, there's something missing. <laughs> yeah, what is missing? <laughs> the uh, a daughter followed grandma's instructions to the T. Didn't vary from the path. 
Mm, what is, so what element do you feel it's missing from what I shared, from this sequence of actions that I shared? What What is the element that is missing? I'm not sure. It is the conflict. It is the interruption. Yes. Yes, the interruption. That makes sense. That makes sense because then if I'm going to tell you now, it starts. Okay, it's mom with the daughter and mom says, Little Red Riding Hood, here you got the basket with biscuits, with, with cookies and milk. Take them to grandma, but stay on the path. Yeah, mommy, you tell me this all the time. So Little Red Riding Hood went into the woods, stayed on the path until, oh, what do you have in there? said a wolf <laughs> you see yes don't you want to keep on hearing the story now even yes. though you've heard it a thousand times yes because you brought the conflict up yes and the conflict creates curiosity it grabs our attention and what we we have as audience, we feel like, oh, amen, what happened? Even though we know it, even though we heard the story, we want to know what happened next. What yeah. did she say to him? What did she do? Right? So, so that is a story. So a story is just a scene that is a routine interrupted. Mm-hmm. A routine in your life interrupted. And it is because of that interruption that a lesson will happen. So in our lives, we, we've experienced many things, many events in our life, and there were some interruptions. Yes. That were lessons for us. Your first, your first yeah. story was an interruption. The yeah. teacher. Yes. Exactly. So I set the scene. I'm in this, I'm in this fourth grade classroom. I set the scene so that you can start visualizing it. And then it was the interruption. And that is what made you lean in and feel through my vulnerability of that interruption. Mm -hmm. It felt, oh, now I know Natalia more. Now I know what kind of person she is. Yes. Now I feel maybe I lived something similar in my past. And that is the vulnerability of story. And that is, that is a story. It's not my whole life journey. That'll be biograph, you know, biography, but it's just that scene and that, that shows your vulnerability mm -hmm. and, and a lesson that you really lived in life. And it's going to make people lean in, feel mm -hmm connected with you and yes. then they will want to they will want to also be I tell, I tell stories all the time but i believe i can learn from you because you're much more effective as storytelling thank you for sharing that <laughs> <laughs> i'm honored thank you so much for saying that yes thank you now you've had a lot of experience is storytelling. So you were a storyteller at high school 
and you were a storyteller at day school. You did this for several years, I'm guessing. Yes. What did you learn from that role as a storyteller at high school and at day school? Oh, this wow. prepare you for what, the work you do today? Yes. So, so today, what I do is I, I empower speakers, coaches, lecturers to teach with story, to captivate with story, to coach more powerfully with story. Mm -hmm. And the lessons that I learned by working with children, so I was working in primary school at the beginning and mm -hmm. secondary school, um, and then I started training teachers on the method, and then I started training the new teachers of the world, which which are speakers, coaches, those that are outside the educational system, that are empowering people, breaking the chains in people's minds. What I learned by working with, with children is that now I see the child in each one of us. Yes. Because, because why is that important? I remember the, the first day when I when I went into this school uh, mm -hmm. to, to become the storyteller there. Uh, I had just left mm -hmm. the government. I had been working for the government at a United Nations program for six years. Six years wow. and I was um, uh, in charge of doing the media production mm -hmm. that will portray how the UN was helping entrepreneurs uh, with their ideas and to mm -hmm. launch their ideas. And so I was doing uh, the filming and I was doing all the story script for these videos. Uh, but in this program, inside the government, so just to put you into perspective, I was in Argentina, I saw many things that I was not happy with. I saw a lot of corruption and I felt sure. absolutely disgusted with adults. I felt, is this what we are? <laughs> and, uh, and I never thought that I would work with children, but at that moment I felt so disgusted that I resigned. And, and it's crazy. Everyone thought that you're crazy. You can stay there for all of your life. No one will ever fire you because you've got this contract that you know, and 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 you you you'll be paid forever. But I felt no, this is not me. I'm disgusted, right. and I resigned. And I didn't know what I was going to do. But I felt I don't want to work with adults anymore. I'm going to work with children. <laughs> and and I went into this school, and I was recommended uh, to to this school um, by a storyteller actually because she knew my drama background and I knew and she knew how I was a, a great storyteller and mm -hmm. they needed a storyteller in school and so mm -hmm. I remember being there in front of uh you know in the desk with the with the with the headmistress and it's a mm -hmm. very traditional school and uh and so they asked me oh so have you worked with children before what am I going to answer? Like, I really wanted to work in that school. And right. it's it's the top school. It was the top school in Argentina. Wow. The first um, English bilingual school 
in Argentina, the, the one that uh, sparked the whole idea for football in Argentina, the Football Association, it's like the most traditional, it's amazing. And I really want it. And they only take experienced people. But I checked in in my values. And I said, no, I've never worked with children, but I want to work with children so much. And I was so vulnerable and so honest that they took me. Wow. And, wow. <laughs> and I knew that later on because of a friend of mine that she said, you know why they took you. They interviewed so many experienced people, but they took you because you were honest. And that's yes. one of the values of the school. And I said, yes, I love this school. And it was a great experience because they gave me absolute freedom to work on uh, my own method. And so that's that's very important for, for me. I don't sure. want the pressure of the syllabus or the method of the school to restrain me. And they gave me that freedom. And so the first thing that I saw when I worked in that school, and um, I started with a story. And then I gave, uh, I gave the children the instruction, okay, now recreate the story. Recreate it in your own way. And because I work with multiple intelligences, mm -hmm. I give them like mission cards, like, okay, you can recreate it as a storyteller or uh, acting a scene, or you can write down, uh, you can draw different things that will spark the different intelligences and different mm -hmm. learning styles so that they choose. And I saw that they just went for it. Wow. And they, they just went for it. Some of them just went and stood there and told the story and they were so vulnerable and so playful. And I thought, yes, this is why I wanted to work with children because they have no notions and they just go for it. Working with them for seven years taught me that. It taught me that if you just go for it, you learn so fast. Mm -hmm. They brought back the child in me they brought back in me also the innocence to look at people and grown-ups and adults as children. So now I work with adults, but I see you as the child that you mm -hmm. once were. So yes. when I'm coaching you in your story, I know that there's a part of you that really wants to go for it and be vulnerable yes. and tell the story and be the hero. <laughs> <human. What? laughs> well, what comes to my mind is most adults have learned how to Put on a facade yeah. they act like quote unquote grown up they act yeah. like they think they're supposed to act yeah that is because we repeat the things that we were taught and we repeat the methods that actually have been traumatic for us and for example when it comes to that teacher that said to me like how come you don't get it yes i repeated that I repeat that. We do repeat it. We, we do it unconsciously. So we need to bring back our awareness to the things that we repeat. And mm -hmm. I did that when I went into the school and I started working, even though I was working with the, with the method that was storytelling. It took mm -hmm. me a while to become fully aware of the power of the method and the power of leading mm -hmm. because I did repeat that and I did mm -hmm. make my students feel bad and uncomfortable and that is, I was so painful for me. But I was so lucky to have um, in the teacher training institution that, that I went, I had this incredible mentor 
that he he's he's passed away now and then you know rest in peace mm -hmm. but he taught me he was incredible he did psychodrama with us so that we perform themes in mm -hmm. our life as mm -hmm. students we role play them we perform mm -hmm. scenes that have been traumatic in our own life or with us uh, uh, in our classrooms with our students so that then we can break that trauma, know the patterns that unhealthy patterns that we are repeating when it comes to teaching and leading and break through them, become aware. Because I have a background in drama, I know the power of role play. It yes. makes you become really aware of your behavior so that uh -huh. then you don't repeat it. Wow. Now you've also been an actress. Tell us about how what you learned from being an actress is relevant to storytelling? Having an acting background or acting experience. Yes. So for all of you who want to be powerful leaders, I recommend you having a couple of acting lessons. What taught me let me let me share with you the story because if we go back to my first story of whoa i don't get it and that was drained in my brain i i struggle with speaking so much and i felt that if i can't speak if i can't communicate with words then i'm i'm worthless when i was 10 i saw my brother acting in a play mm -hmm. and when i saw that it was like Whoa, I want that. I want that. I felt like they are creating something out of nothing, uh -huh. right? By enacting something. So I went into this drama lesson, uh, which was outside school because my school did not have uh, drama. And mm -hmm. it was it was a workshop and I had to pay for it from my own pocket money. So mm -hmm. that really empowered me. I loved it. And so right before the the, the lesson, I saw everyone, you know, they were all so experienced and they were all talking, talking. And I was just looking at them, listening, like, wow, they can all connect and talk. And, you know, they're all friends. And I was just silent there in the corner. Like, mm -hmm. goodness, I wish one day I can speak like them. And then we went into the lesson. And what our drama teacher said, okay, you know the scene. You've performed it before. This time mm -hmm. you will perform it without words, just with your body. Wow. Wow. And I felt like fish in the water. I was like, yes, I don't need to speak. For the first time, I understood that if you don't have the words to speak, the body speaks. There is something that speaks louder than words mm -hmm. and is the body. Yes. Yes. I did the whole scene with my body language and it was so powerful and so accurate because I had spent so many years of my life in silence, just observing, mm -hmm. just listening. I had developed this acute sense of what it looked like to be surprised, what it looked like to, to be attentive or compassionate or scared. I knew the body language and I could perform it. And I felt so empowered by being able to perform it with my body. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was the loudest voice. Yeah, 
being free in the body and being feeling empowered like mm. i have a way of expression like if i don't have the words i can express it with my body then little by little i started to be empowered with words what drama taught me is to be empowered with the body that your body and embodying emotions and body language comes first mm -hmm. you are acquainted with tony robbins in the coaching space very much so <laughs> okay yeah. He talks about the triad of state story strategy. You first change your state. And he talks about the power pose, how changing your physiology immediately empowers you and it changes your story, changes everything. And then you have a strategy. So mm -hmm. it all starts with the body. It is crucial for us to gain more awareness of a body mm. language, to be freer in the body so that then we can speak in a more congruent way. Our words flow when our body first flows. Mm -hmm. But in a nutshell, uh, because we've got just this little time that we have together here in this interview, is that start with your state, start with your body. And start with your chest, opening your chest and your heart. That's mm -hmm. the first body language that we need to uh, uh, feel in our body to be empowered. Something very special is an ancient skill mm -hmm. that has been passed through generations and generations, thousands of years. Yes. And I feel that it carries truth and it carries spiritual power. No matter what you believe in, it, it carries that. For me, the biggest confidence and the biggest empowerment is when you feel that you're speaking a mm -hmm. truth. And that truth is carried with your body language and with your voice. Yes. Because you, ca you cannot fake it. Uh, your intonation and, and your voice will never fake it. And, and when you are telling a story, when you really learn how to tell a story, which means telling the facts, right? Make it simple. This is what happened. This, this, and this is the interruption, and this, this, right? So a, a story is the setting, and action, action, interruption, action, action. That's the story. You're telling the truth. Going here all over the place and then changing the things, telling an overview, that's not the truth. That's why you don't feel empowered and you feel you're boring your audience. They mm -hmm. are getting bored because you're not telling the truth. There is a lot of companies that have an engagement problem. Yeah. People don't want to engage in their work. They leave instead. Yeah. Right now in the pandemic, it's exacerbated because they're used to working at home. Yeah. So once they're work, used to working at home, they want to stay home. Yeah. What can you say about engagement and storytelling? We love feeling engaged because we feel that we are growing. Mm -hmm. If you overload people with instructions, they don't feel engaged because you already told them everything they have to do and they have no space for their own growth, for them to figure things out. When it comes to storytelling, if a leader is able to inspire the workers with a little story, mm -hmm. then the employee is going to feel like, wow, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. 
I actually, I would love to do that. You're not telling them what to do. You're inspiring them with a story. That is what I do. I help you tell engaging, powerful stories and short stories, right? So that you're not doing all the talking all the time. If you're able in the workplace to lead with stories, then you're going to influence employees in a way that makes them feel that they are empowered and they've got the skill in their hands and you are not uh, the, the, the one that is in absolute control, they are in control. Because we, why do we want to leave the workplace? It's because we feel that we are not in control of our lives. We are not growing. Mm -hmm. The biggest engagement tool is growth for all of us. What we want, we want to grow. Right? Yes, does this answer the question? <laughs> it does. Storytelling is a way to exercise influence instead of control. Yeah. When you exercise control, you push people away because nobody wants to be controlled. True? Yeah, that's true. And you want to unleash hidden potential in people. Yeah. And I believe when you empower people, you unleash hidden potential. Yeah. True? True. That's true. And people have an abundance of hidden potential. And I know you knew this. So yeah. I believe every leader, every executive ought to become a much more effective storyteller. Yeah. I believe that too. <laughs> it, because if you think, just think of the most successful leaders in the world. Mm -hmm. just the successful right the ones that we know of that have been put in books uh, that you've seen on tv mm -hmm. the most successful tell me keith do you know of one can you name me one successful leader that is not a great storyteller no I can give you more time to think about it. <laughs> no, I, I believe I'm convinced already. <laughs> there isn't, there isn't. They are all great storytellers. Yes. And all the greatest books on leadership that you've read, they are the greatest best-selling books because they've got stories inside. Yes. This is key. It's, it, I cannot emphasize it enough. We lead through story. It is what awakens our imagination. It awakens the imagination in the listener. It opens up all the sensations and emotions. And when they're hearing your story, they are living a transformation as they listen to your story. Yes. So... They are living it before they get to live it. So listening to the story is like a rehearsal for then the real life application. And I believe that leaders, they lead with example, they lead because they want to make people take action, yeah. right? When you tell a story and you're awakening all the senses and all the imagination, they are already taking action in the body, in their imagination. So then it's it's like a training ground 
for them to, after hearing the story, yes, go ahead and do the thing, do the work. Thank you. How can a listener who resonates with your message stay connected with you? I'm most active on Facebook. Okay. So you can connect with me on Facebook, Natalia Nutting, Storyteller. When you do, if you really want to connect with me, I encourage you to send me a message. Send me a private message. If you just ask me for friendship, it'll be just one more of the thousands of people that I do not right. add in my friendship uh, as, as a friend. Send sure. me a message and say, I heard you at Keith's podcast. I'd love to connect with you. So that then I know that I need to pay attention to you. And the next way to connect um, is by joining my Facebook community. Mm -hmm. That is a great way for you to also learn more skills on storytelling. This is a free community and is extraordinary because there I have given lots of trainings on how to start your story, how to end the story, how mm -hmm. to make it more engaging. And so this Facebook community is called Storytelling Campfire for coaches. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <Thank> interested. <laughs> yes. So please do join in there. And I also have my Instagram profile, Natalia Nutting. Remember always to send me a message so that, I, so that I know more of you. Something very key. Every three months, I launched my program that is called Captivate. That is my signature, my elite program, where I lead a very small group of people into a process of helping you extract your stories, tap into your memory. That is the most empowering uh, aspect because I help you revisit moments in your life where you learned a lesson and these mm -hmm. are turned into stories. And in Captivate, we go through this process of uh, unraveling all these stories from your life and then finding your three main pillars, the, your methodology, and then turning that into a speech that is your keynote speech, that is your the, the, the speech that will outlive you. This is the structure that is used also for TED Talk uh, speeches. It's all led through story. If you dream of that, if you dream of leading through story and discovering your own personal stories, empower yourself so that then you can lead others mm -hmm. and Captivate is the right program for you. I open this up every three months. Do contact me if you're curious about this and write to me. I always announce this inside my Facebook group on my profile as well. So be keep your eyes open for that because it's an opportunity that happens only every three months. You can find the web address for Natalia's Facebook profile and Instagram profile in the show notes. The Storytelling Campfire Facebook group is the website listed for this episode. It is a free Facebook group to help you build storytelling skills. Do you have a benevolent call to action for listeners to take to apply what they've learned in this episode? Yes. Tell a story and tag me. Tell a story. Within, in, in this, within these seven days this week of you having listened to this podcast, I want you to tell a story. And if you do it in social media, if you friended me on Facebook or Instagram, tag me. Start with the setting 
and share the facts, the interruption and the facts and tag me. I'd love to see, hear your story and make it no longer than three minutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you so much for being a guest on Embers and Wind today. Thank you, Keith. I love the name of your podcast and that has to do with a campfire. So yes. Embers and Wind and we're creating the storytelling campfire. It's been a pleasure, Keith. Thank you so much. I hope that your audience has uh, gained a lot from this and I can't wait to hear their stories. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today on Embers and Wind. We look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.